Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 84, week 84, volume 84, number fucking 84. How you going guys? How's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. So this week's guest is Pete from Remembering Never, Bishop and Ether Coven, and that will be coming up later in the show. So let's kick things off like we do every week. It's a bit of feedback, bit of questions, what's been going on. This week we've heard from a lot of people that were absolutely stoked at the fact that last week's guest, Joel from Baptized in Blood, was on the show. A lot of people sending me messages saying the band is underrated, underappreciated, and also they were really happy that someone finally gave the band a bit of a spotlight and got to know all about the band and Joel. And to everyone that got in touch, thank you for getting in touch. It's really important to hear that you're enjoying the guests we're putting together. Joel, without a doubt, was a great guest and it was really important to expose listeners who did know about Baptized in Blood a little bit of history, but those who didn't, it was also another opportunity to get you into Baptized in Blood. Some people saying it was a bit of an underground guest. Well, I don't think so. I think what we try to do here is there is no such thing as a big guest or a small-time guest. We want every guest to have a spotlight. Whether they've sold a million records or just a thousand records, we want every kind of guest on this show. And we want guests from the past, guests from the present, everything in between. So last thing I've got to say is I'm absolutely fucking, fucking happy that everyone got into that episode and stoked that so many people let me know that they were happy that we got him on the show. Stick with us, guys. We've got some great guests coming up. And also, don't forget, guys, please give us a share if you've got time this week. Also, don't forget, if you're on iTunes podcasts, give us a rating and a review. Only takes a minute or two, but it's really important to help this show grow. So if you've got some time, give us a rating and review. Enough of my ramblings, let's get into the part of the show we're all tuned into for. This week's guest is Pete from Remembering Never, Bishop and Ether Coven. To say Pete is a bit of an iconic figure for me in music is a massive fucking understatement. I think this man's message is very important. I think the bands he's been in will live in everyone's memory who ever heard of them. And to get him on the show meant a lot to me as a big-time fan, but also for the show. So thank you so much, Pete, for taking time out for me and the Mosh Zone. Much love, much respect, much appreciated, dude. I think the conversation I had with Pete was really exciting, really in-depth. We touched on a lot of different topics. Of course, the bands he's in, but also about the man himself. That chat with Pete is coming up now. I usually start off with kind of the same question for everyone, and that's like, do you remember growing up and the band, doesn't have to be a heavy band, but an artist that you heard that kind of made music a thing for you? Like, was there an early musician that piqued your ears into music existing? Um, Honestly, it was so much stuff. Um, Because I didn't really have friends until I got to like fifth grade, and then that's kind of like when I started and, I, and even then, I had, like, one friend that I hung out with, and we would listen to, like, Metallica and Guns N' Roses and, like, Black Sabbath and stuff. Um, pretty much nonstop. And then grunge happened, and then we listened to, like, Carl Jam and, like, Alice in Chains. So, like, pretty much from, like, Jump, 
I've done nothing but like I've never got into sports. I never got into cars or whatever. Like I never got got caught up in any of that kind of stuff. It was literally just music, nonstop. Like when I like I would go to church and like I would just like disappear and go to the playground and listen to like my discman thing and uh yeah literally and then just sneak back in and no one was the wiser so like you know that was just the only constant in my entire life um and anytime i had money i would beg someone to take me to the record store and you know so i can't really just pinpoint it to like a thing only because you know i've listened to so much different stuff over the years especially back then it's just kind of like whatever was like cool and heavy at the time um and I've always had a pretty eclectic, um, you know, palette, musical palette. Um, so yeah, it's, I've, I've been all over the place since like day one. You know what I mean? What brought you in, like, to the music? I mean, you're saying you didn't really have friends. Was it a sense of belonging? Was it a sense of identity? Like, what brought you into that kind of music? Like, what made you want to get into music? I don't really know, honestly. I mean, it's, it just kind of was the only thing that really, like, stuck with me. Um, I was never, you know, music and, like, heavy metal music or whatever wasn't really a very popular thing in schools. Um, and I don't know. I just nothing really rung with me at all. And um, since I was a little kid, my sister's boyfriends were, like, big metalheads. And they were, like, 10 years older than me, so I had, like, Metallica tapes and used to listen to like, like when they would drive me around, I would be like a six year old in the backseat listening to like Judas Priest and stuff. And like, <laughs> you know, so I was exposed to a lot of like heavy shit for the time, at least really early on. And, um, so I, you know, that, that just always like stuck with me. I was just like, Oh man. And I was always on the search to find something that was heavier or faster or slower, I guess. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, it's, it's just one of those things, man. Like it's unexplainable. And yeah. then, like the, you know, the a, a time or two I uh, hung out with my dad in my life, um, and like it was the first time I ever hung out with him. You know, I was in like seventh grade, and my favorite bands were Nine Inch Nails and Pantera. And uh, he was like, he's, he, I had these tapes. I made these cassette tapes, like, uh, um, like the, like my favorite songs from both bands. And I brought them with me. I brought these fucking things everywhere. And um, I put him on in the car. He's like, Peter, you need to forget this bullshit and play sports, some baseball or football or something. And uh, I was just like, this motherfucker, you don't even fucking know me, dog. <laughs> don't fucking talk to me about what I should do. Um, but yeah. So yeah, it's just one of, the, it's just one of those things. Since day one, just, you know, it's the only thing that really, like, I felt anything about, anything like that significant about. It also, I mean, I think I'm just only slightly younger than you, but I also remember during those years that a lot of it was the power of discovery that you gave yourself in doing it. Like, you found the bands. Like, a lot of people would occasionally show you bands, but you hunted them Mm -hmm. down. You know, you looked in magazines, you looked at flyers, you looked in the liner notes. Um, Yeah, the thank you list, that was a big one. Yeah, thank you list was always a big one because then you check them out and you go, I've heard of that one, haven't heard of that one. Oh, better check them out. So you go to the record store. Um, Was collecting music a big thing for you growing up? I mean, you said you had your compilation tapes, but were you starting to collect music as well and kind of really get into it as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I came in like at the tail end of cassettes, basically. 
And um, I remember having like Danzig three on cassette and like Biohazard Urban Discipline. And I had fucking LL Cool J moments at Nike Valley cassette tape. Um, <laughs> that was pretty sick. <laughs> um, and, uh, but yeah, so I just tried to get, gather all the tapes I could that of like cool shit. And then I probably started collecting CDs in like seventh grade. Mm. And I think my first CD was like Nirvana. My first batch of CDs were like Nirvana. Megadeth and um, what else? There's something else, but I got oh, Slayer. Um, I showed no mercy. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So, like, all just like very eclectic. I mean, those are you know, rock or metal, but um, yeah, just just kind of like all over the place, always. So, what was the what was the first show, like live show you went to growing up? Oh, are you ready for this one? Mm hmm. There's only two bands. It was Typo Negative and Pantera. Oh, who was headlining yeah, that show? Fucking, uh, Pantera, of course. Oh, fuck. Shit. It was on, I believe it was on Far Beyond Driven. Ooh, okay. I think. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Fuck. Um, and my second show, or my second concert, I should say, was Danzig headlining on four. Uh, Marilyn Manson, I think they were on Smells Like Children. And I thought it was anti-heart superstar, but I think it was Smells Like Children. Um, and Korn's first record. Oh, shit. It's fucking ridiculous. And was seeing it in a live setting, did that really spark the interest in you of pursuing it and doing it as a thing? Or were, were you already decided before you saw music live that this is what you kind of really wanted to do? I don't, I don't really know. I think I, I, I always wanted to do it. I always tried to play a guitar. I never, I never stuck to anything really because I just wasn't very good at anything. Um, still aren't really, but, um, <laughs> but, um, I remember trying to like emulate Rob Halford in like the mirror at my grandma's house when I was like fucking eight years old. So I don't really know. I mean, I, I always like every, every kid that like is into like rock music thinks of like being like a rock star, rocker dude of some sort. I don't think I necessarily thought that, but. I definitely wanted to do something um, and, you know, wanted to be around that kind of thing. So um, not, not that I ever would achieve dancing type levels or anything, but still, you know, it's one of those things. You start somewhere and, you know, you get where you can get and do what you want to do. And as long as you're having fun. Yeah. And, uh, you well, can pay I mean, a bill or two. Fucking do it. Yeah. And you're going to have fun with it. But I mean, you, you haven't reached levels of Danzig, but you speak to a lot of people about, the bands you've in, you've been in, or are still doing, they've had impacts. Like they've had cult followings. Like you can't not deny that. You know, you mightn't have played to a fifty thousand arena, but you've certainly impacted more than that on a personal level. Yeah, I mean, we definitely. You know, I hear stories often. If you will, like message me on Instagram or Facebook about how RN or you know Bishop or somebody. Um, really open their eyes to this issue or this issue. And, and it's awesome. It's cool. Some dude messaged me just literally, I think yesterday, and was like, hey, man, you know, I don't want to bother you or anything. But and I was like, oh, no, man, it's cool. But he somehow he's been vegan, I guess, for all these years because of something that was on our RN record. And uh, that's always cool. Like, um, I'm not like the friendliest fucking person, but, um, you know, it's it's definitely like cool and I'm definitely appreciative. Uh, the fact that like someone a gave a fuck about anything I had to say at any point in time and B 
something that's such a big deal as like, you know, veganism that is a huge fucking part. It, you know, breaks cultural norms and, uh, you know, it, it has a lasting long impact. Uh, and that's cool as fuck. Yeah, see, I, I was the same. I, I remember, you know, getting into Remembering Never and then Bishop, and that was around the time I was discovering um, Straight Edge and veganism, and it really opened my world to do some homework. So, I mean, I think that's... Not a lot of bands can say that they've had that impact. I mean, a lot of bands, it's, you know, I'm not taking anything away from it, but singing about breakups and romance and things like that, it can have an impression, but it's not that big of an impression, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, a lot of that is, well, as far as like the break, every, every like decade or so, or every, um, every like six months, a new thing comes in, like a, a new factor or a new subject matter or a new this or that. So, um, you know, it kind of depends on which decade you kind of grasped onto and, everybody had their own, you know, bullshit ideas. And, um, but, um, what was I saying? That's holy. I got so looped into all these different things, but, oh yeah. And then I think people just kind of got the idea to not alienate a fan base. They're like, you know what? We don't want to, we want to make sure we sell as many t-shirts and as many records as we can. So let's just have a very milk toast, middle of the road, fence walkie type, uh, lyric, structure so that you know we don't alienate a possible fan base and i would never give a fuck about that as soon as i like started like listening to earth crisis and bands like that uh morning again i was like yeah i don't give a fuck about alienating people because they don't want to hear about things that actually exist in the world that are problems that have solutions but we don't want to solve them for some reason and uh that ever since then that kind of tweaked how i thought about you know, lyric writing and, um, you know, putting information out there. Uh, and then I realized, you know, if I'm going to play in a punk band or a hardcore band or whatever, like this is the, this is the main intent here is, you know, so, you know, it's fueled by discontent and, you know, your anger at this issue or this issue or this issue that are like structural issues that need to be addressed. And a lot of bands are like, you know, we don't want to talk about, you know, how detrimental cops are, or how, uh, you know, politics is a big fucking uh pain in the ass or how capitalism is the devil or you know it's, everybody just wants to talk about staying true and fucking i don't even know man like just like whatever it is that's not that's very like just center of the road you know doesn't waver this way or that way just kind of keeps everybody happy yeah but i mean and that's I what it's all record yeah, you can understand why some people do that, but I, there, there was that quote from you around the time of women and children die first, and you said, you know, being in a, a band is, it's my privilege and responsibility to share ideas. Um, it's yeah. And it is because, you know, over the years, art um, and music is supposed to reflect what's going on, and I think that's what you've always done. You know, you've reflected the stark reality that people want to maybe ignore but it's there you know the political side the racist side the police the religious animal cruelty all of this people want to ignore but art needs to reflect it because people need to know it's going on they can't just live under a rock and think it doesn't exist yeah well i mean people exist better under rocks because 
then they don't have to uh, talk about how privileged they have their own lives and they don't have to think about uh, other people's plights and other people's um, struggles and then they can be their own personal victims to themselves and like, oh yeah, poor me. I'm I'm just going to not worry about anything going on in third world countries or in impoverished neighborhoods, uh, you know, because then I would have to actually fucking take five seconds to think about somebody else. Yeah. And, you know, our our culture doesn't necessarily want us to think about people that have it a little worse than us. So. Yeah, which is pretty messed up in itself. Um, I want to I want to come back to more of that a bit in, in a bit, but I want to just go back to the end of you know rewind a bit to the end of high school. Um, for you in high school when you were finishing up, um, I know now um, how your career path's gone, but at the time. Were you looking at a nine-to-five kind of job or were you looking at finishing school and literally just delving into music? What what was like the end for school for Pete? I've never really had a plan. Um, so I know, I think when I finished high school, um, RN until the end kind of started about the same time and pretty much right after high school. So... Uh, until the end, had a couple weekenders here and there, so I basically used those connects to get RN to, in RN into other cities, and then everything kind of snowballed, and I went on tour with RN for like five fucking years. So yeah, uh, yeah. how that was a bit of an interesting time for you. You know, you you're singing in until the end, and you're at initially playing guitar. Um, which which did you prefer to do? Did you prefer to play guitar or? Did you like being up front in the microphone spot? Uh, I don't really know, actually. Um, I really like playing guitar by itself. And then, and it kind of depends. I mean, I just kind of did. The only reason I started singing for RN is because I sing or quit. Mm. And then, uh, so I just kind of, it was one of those things, if I wanted to keep the band going, we tried to find a singer and we couldn't find anybody that was like, I don't know, that we felt best represented where we wanted to go or what we wanted to do or how we wanted to do it. And I was like, fuck it. Let's get another guitar player and I'll sing. And we kind of did that. So, And and remember... Basically, I was the singer of RN by accident. Yeah, well, I mean, you came in and, you know, when you switched into the band, were Remembering never really, um, you know, I don't like the phrase, but touring a touring band? Because I think initially from what I remember and what I've read is you guys were kind of just playing occasional shows or mini tours, but um, were were you thinking the band could, you know, make the impact it could when you first were really getting out there? Um, I don't know. Our first tour was with a band called Suicide Note, which was arguably one of my favourite uh, records that Ferret ever put out that first one, the first full length. But we did like a five day run with them, and that was cool. It was bad for attendance because no one knew who the fuck we were. Um, but we made some cool friends and had some cool experiences. And I was like, oh, this is fun as hell. So let me go try to do this. Our second tour was with uh, Between the Barry to me. Oh, yeah. But on, yeah, I was fucking crazy to think back on. But um, it was on our first record, and we had gained a little bit of steam by then, and Between the Barry to me was pretty big even then you know we were playing like vfw halls and shit but um they still had a pretty good following cool ass dudes um and then we kind of just kept doing any tours that we could get on and um 
you know, they just kind of, every, every time we went out, went for longer or we were home for a shorter amount of times. And there was probably a span for, of like four years where we were pretty much on tour nonstop, except we were home to record and maybe for a week to three weeks at any point in time. But generally we were just out and just doing it. And when you were out in those, you know, you're mentioning bands there, like Between the Buried and Me, a lot of the bands you toured with in the early years um, were still around now. And you guys, I feel like um, a, a safe way of saying is you were in that time, but you weren't really, I think, given enough credit. And I think part of that could have been because of lyrical content. Do you think that was part of it? Or do you think it was just so many bands in those early 2000s were around, so it was a bit hard for a band to really make its uh, footprint. I don't know. I think we got the appropriate amount of credit that we were given. Um, we stopped and we just kind of like didn't, we not broke up because we never really technically broke up, but we had a bunch of people leave or, well, Aldo moved, so that's why he wasn't in the band anymore. And then our guitar players quit, our drummer quit, but then when we started playing again, I just, you know, a few months after we got back, maybe like a year after we got back in tour, I asked him if he wanted to start writing again. He was like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's get it. So, um, so we took many years off and, you know, when you're out of the game for so long, uh, people forget you. So that's just what it is. I mean, it, I, I did never expected, you know, we played like this fest in Jersey last summer. Um, that was pretty fucking wild. And like, it was insane for us. And I did never expected any kind of um, like show out like that at all whatsoever. Considering you know we hadn't played in Jersey, and well, we played Jersey a few years ago, and it was also awesome. Um, but I don't know. I just don't expect people to remember that much, if if at all. Uh, especially like younger kids that are coming to shows, that will show up to our shows. Like, yeah, I love you, man. I found out about you through whatever, and it, it's it's strange, um, but it's cool. It's um. But yeah, I mean, typically when you stop playing shows and stop putting out records, um, you know, you you don't really you're not going to get the same kind of accolades you do as when you're touring nonstop, and you know, that's uh, just what it is. And, you know, tis what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I think um, I think though the fans the fans from then still you know God save us and women and children die first. Those albums are by some people in. Uh, cult classics i mean which you know is is exciting because you look at the albums before then you know the content wasn't necessarily lyrically what it was on those albums um yeah which which one for you was your you know defining album do you feel because it's a lot of conjecture between fans some people say god some people say the women one um which for you was the defining album of the RN stage. I mean, uh, I mean, I think they both had their their um, their time and their place. Really, what it comes down to, um, a lot of the time. So, I think Women and Children came out at the time that it, I guess it needed to come out because um, there's nothing really spectacular about it. The recording isn't great, and the songs aren't great. We toured with Amber Links, and I was like, you know, I want people to mosh to us. Let's do that. And uh, that's how that record happened. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's really nothing spectacular about that. Um, the lyrics are okay, I guess. Um, 
me and Danny wrote pretty much the entire record musically uh, in you know a few months, and uh, I wasn't like I didn't play guitar at that time. Like I stopped playing guitar uh, once I stopped singing for the band. I just didn't pick up a guitar until I was writing a record that was just basically a bunch of chugs. Um, but um, yeah, I mean I think God Save Us was the kind of that was exactly the record that we should have made after Women and Children. Um, because I didn't write, I think, I think I arranged it and I didn't write any of the actual riffs. Mm-hmm. I think I arranged most of it. And that was pretty much the extent of that. And our guitar player, Norm wrote, fuck, I think every single thing on that thing. And, um, it's just like fucker of a record, man. The recording's insane. Um, the, the riffs are cool. The vocals are odd, I guess. Um, the lyrics are a little bit out there. Um, but yeah, I think, that would that out of those two, I think that would be just because the recording is awesome. The songs kind of like stay on top of each other, or stay on top of themselves, and they, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty fun listen. My favorite one is that real short one. I forgot what it's called, but it has like a real crazy lead at the beginning of it. it um, it's a real wild mosh part of the end. It's a fucking barnstormer of an album. I mean, it's a question I have to ask: Is did you have to explain to people? what the band was about at any stage because you know i saw quotes that you know trying to explain to people that the band was negatively positive and you know were there people questioning what was going on because the reason i ask that is i think sometimes when people are upfront honest and in their face with what you sing about um in that and bishop some people are going to scratch their heads and not accept it and then say, why do I have to listen to this? It does, do you understand what I'm trying to like ask, if that makes sense? Yeah. I mean, we never felt the need to like explain ourselves because if you would come to one of our shows, you'd see it. And there'd be the occasional dickhead that was like, oh, shut up and play songs. And it's like, dog, if you walked in this room and expected just a bunch of fucking knuckleheads to play a bunch of songs for you to beat each other up to, and that's it, then you came to the wrong fucking show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had to say that to people like, um, it's like, then they'll, you know, just people want to be people that don't understand like punk or hardcore. And yeah, um, hardcore definitely is a little, a bit removed from punk. Um, but I mean, still I get it. There's always going to be, there's going to be like the purists and there's going to be people that are kind of like onlookers or, you know, whatever you want to call them that are there because it's a fun time. They see a community and they they want to be involved in something and that's fine. Um, but you have to respect, you know, the ethics of the thing that you're there to do or see or be a part of in any, you know, form or fashion. Mm. And, um, it's like, if, you know, you have to respect you're going to a punk show or a hardcore show that's rooted in punk, um, whether sound wise or ethic wise, um, you, you sit there and you fucking, you know, don't, heckle the band because they're not doing what you want what you what you, that you want them to do like they're not fucking monkeys like you know that's it it's so silly yeah and it's, anytime I've, I've had to deal with that like you know even um well actually i haven't had, had that we either has a lot of political songs but we have mostly political songs um uh, we don't really stop between songs though but we have like samples that are really um very explicit in the way of the things that they're talking about, not in like language or anything. Um, but yeah, it's real strange that people just think that they can show up and tell you what to do. 
Yeah, like, like dog, I'm not gonna go up in your house and fucking tell you how to put your shoes on. You know what I mean? Yeah, like clap their hands and say, "Come on, more, more, play, play, play," yeah. like that's, that's fucking rude. Yeah, that's really, what that it should is. never, it never, it never flied with me. Um, that happened at a show. I think it happened at a show in Minneapolis, and it was real crazy. The same show I met somebody or two dudes that were in Disembodied, and I was like starstruck. It was wild. But so at that same show, someone fucking did that. I was like. Yeah, dude, you're a fucking turd. Relax. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, last thing about RN was, you know, you said how, of course, when you disappear for a while and people are going to maybe forget and you guys release This Hell Is Home and then you kind of have dis- disappeared again. Um, I've heard rumblings that there might be an- something soon. Um, is it still a case of there's still the want to release it or is it a case of people are demanding it? Because surely there's got to come a time when I know with like Bishop, it was put to rest. Um, are you worried that you don't just want to release something for the sake of releasing something? You got to want to release something. Yeah. I mean, we need to, we, you know, I'm not going to do something because people want it. Mm. Like I get it. It's, it's cool and I appreciate it, but I'm not going to force something that I'm not going to be super amped on. I kind of did that with the last one only because I, we had a dude playing guitar who, you know, great dude and a great player and everything, but just kind of, we kind of like lost the vibe and he kind of like hijacked the, our songs and kind of went real wild with it. Um, so at this point, you know, we have to bring it way back to where I feel that we should be. And I think right now we have a solid team, um, but our drummer had a kid, so he's, uh, wrapped up in his job and his kids and stuff, so uh, which is understandable. Um, but um, you know, and, and it's Danny, so like our original drummer, and I'm not going to do it without him. Hmm. So if it's just me and him, and you know, we're you know, uh, it's already bad enough when bands like change the entire lineup. Some bands can get away with it, but I don't think we can. And then, you know, drums are drums, but he is a fucking maniac, and he's the best at what he does. And uh, especially for us. Um, but yeah, I think it, it, it just comes down to getting the time to do it. Like all of us want to do it. We just, he just needs to find the time to get it done. You know I mean, and, and sit into a room. All it's going to take is one practice for him to be like, all right, yeah, we got to do this every week. And, you know, we'd be good to go. But until then, we're kind of just waiting. Yeah, you're, and, and you don't want to just go through the motions. You don't just want to say, yeah, look, we've just done one. Here you go. And there's no real passion or want behind it and people can hear that sometimes you know you can Mm -hmm. hear a lot of bands just come back they release another album and you go and just doesn't have the energy behind the recordings um so that's important yeah i was just talking to my friends about that actually about he posted a song from a band that back in the same era was huge and was a huge influence on me and who i loved so much on their first big their first full-length on a certain label, but after they put out a record maybe two years ago or three years ago, and it was just dog shit because you're never like, yeah, you can't recreate the same record that you did way back when. And that's fine. I would never ask somebody to do that. But when you listen to a record, when like the, the, this particular band got like, they went real radio and do that. And that's fine. You know, you got to, create some kind of link or something i don't know um 
But that record would suck too. But then they got back. They broke up for like fucking ten years, maybe, and got back together, maybe less. And then they put out this record. It was heavy, but it was just the most uninspiring and uninspired shit I've ever heard, or at least I haven't heard really heard something like that in a long time. And I was like, "This is what you. This is what you do." Like I get it. You've been out of bands and you've been out of like the spotlight or whatever for all these years, and you really wanted to make a comeback of some sort, but like fucking pretend like you give a fuck and pretend like you're in a room with other people that are going to write a record that's going to fucking crush you know what I mean like pretend yeah. like you want to do the thing like to actually do the art and not just the accolades you know yeah and don't don't make it sound like you're literally just doing it for that maybe bit of money which we all know music, musicians don't make a lot of money but don't do it because you yeah, want I think, it, it might, I think it's for the for the uh, you Fame? know the cool points uh, yeah. of being in a band or whatever it is like um, and I think they were trying to show out because they know no one gives a fuck about radio hits. They want to hear that old good shit that was heavy as fuck, and it just it just fell flat. And I was like, all right, man, this is just like, like you didn't even try. Like I get it, but you didn't fucking try. Like, it's just corny as fuck, and like, you know, I don't know. It's but that's just me being like super critical of music and seeing, uh, you know, trends change and see how bands change and seeing. Um, just the the bigger picture, like stepping outside and being like, oh, that these people weren't in bands for this long, or maybe they did a couple things here and there that just weren't as popular, so then they wanted to get popular again, and this is how they want to do it, and they put out this fucking terrible record, you know, yeah. whatever. Fuck. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, it happens a lot. That's the thing. It happens a lot. Um, a lot of bands do it. Um, the only the other some bands can fucking come back and kill it though. You know what I mean? Some do. Like, Integrity has has been in and out for a few years, but they just put out straight bangers every time. Like, yeah, it, it's not reinventing the wheel or anything, but they're fucking you know heaters. Every record's a fucking heater. Um, I think when they got the dude from Pulling Teeth, they kind of like lit a new fire and they create they like turn into a new band while maintaining a lot of the. Um, you know, similar things they had going on, but like they're fucking insane always, no matter what. So yeah, well they they're so that's rare definitely breed. one band that can keep doing it and fucking kill it. They Line have changes and fucking hiatuses. They're a rare breed. They're one of those bands that are a rare breed. Um, I don't think yeah, I don't think they ever have or will release something that's subpar. I think they're probably the kind of band yeah, that would uh, make sure that they turn it into something good. Um, even if this, they don't think the songs are of top quality, they'll perform them at a top quality. So that it pulls it off. Um, insane yeah. band. Um, just a little bit on Bishop before we get into some ether stuff. Um, Bishop, what a fuck. Oh, I can't trying to find the right word. <laughs> Fucking. Oh, just in your Did face. Did you see us when we were there? Huh? Did you see us when we were there? Yeah. My brother-in-law dragged me to a show cause I hadn't heard of, bishop because i didn't know anything of it and then he's like you need to go oh, to the, you need to go to this because it's got uh mean pete in it and i was like what he's like yeah, yeah you gotta get down to this <sighs> like no. impassioned now w w these phrases i don't think i i still think they stand for rn as well but impassioned frustrated in your face honest um straight up quick um hardcore um at a time when I think the real fast-paced kind of was a dying breed, um, was it just something fun for you to do? Was it like 
an extra outlet that you kind of wanted to get off your chest? Yeah, I mean, there, those were actual the first record and the split we did with the Red Baron and the first EP we did were mostly songs that I wrote for the, what was going to be the fourth Until the End record. And then the guitar player from Until the End came in and was like, oh, I don't like any songs. We're going to rewrite the whole record. And then wrote a record that was terrible. I wasn't on the record that came after that. They got a new singer because um, basically I was going to be on tour when they moved the recording date. So they're like, oh, we're just going to get somebody else to sing. And then that band fell apart because no one gave a fuck about Yeah, You can't like change a singer like that. So, um, But I was like, fuck it. I have all these songs. Let's start another band. And started Bishop with the bass player from Memory Never. And um, and Danny from Remember Never as well. He like helped us write, helped me, you know, on tour. He would help me write uh, songs and stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, it started out as like a side project to just get those songs out because it'd be fun. And then once we got other dudes in, then the drugs record was like, um, you know, all all of us in a room. And then the record, what well, we broke up, and then we got back together and put out that last one. Um, Everything that was in really like a, yeah. Yeah, that was a motherfucker. That was my favorite, obviously my favorite thing. I mean, everybody says like the last thing they did was their favorite thing, but um, that record was a fucker, man. It was wild, and the recording was cool, and whole everything about it. I was I'm super in love with still, honestly. That 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 is an insane release. I I went back and listened to it the other day, um, and to try to because I remember it had a shitload of tracks. Like it's got 17 songs, and then I looked at the yeah. running time. 20 minutes that's fucking insane no one does that shit anymore like that is just balls to the wall just get it in your fucking face like that's insane yeah no it's fun i mean uh, when i went in i was like listen the only things i want to i want all these songs to be either super fast or super slow like almost no mid-paced anything and just fucking go in get it done and fucking roll I wanted to be ridiculously fast and ridiculously slow, and that's it. And that's kind of what we did. It's insane. Um, why just drop it though? Why you know? I know you ended and then came back and then did everything in vain. But was there ever a thought of keeping it still, kind of burning and going like Arena, or was is it kind of like, well, I think we just need to close the chapter because I've heard you say that. You know, there, there won't be anything more. There won't be any shows unless it's something like a big offer to play like Sound and Fury or something as a one-off. But like, it's kind of done. If we, yeah, like I've always said, like there's, you know, everybody's got a price or whatever. But mm. if if someone's like, hey, we want to put you on this fest or the show or whatever with all these cool ass bands and bands I actually give a fuck about seeing, um, or want to give you a shit ton of money, like fuck it, let's do it. Um, Cause I love those dudes still, but we did our Euro tour and then we came home and it was just like, all right, like we just don't need to do this. Like I don't, I, I love them. I don't necessarily want to hang out with them for, um, you know, long periods of time. Um, I think we just didn't really get along as well as we should. And, and you get to a point where you just want to make sure you're happy across the board. Um, especially going to Europe and shit or going touring and whatever. Like you want to make sure you're not like bummed at any point in time or at least, um, alleviate that when you can. And I think it's just time. Like, we've known each other for so long and just kind of grew apart. Some of us grew apart in different ways and mm. uh, others kind of grew in different directions. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where, like, fuck it, we might as well just 
do the you know put the record out, did a tour, and then did a Euro tour, and then um, played a couple last shows, and then, you know we're fucking done. So um, I got an offer, uh, a benefit show offer from one of my friends, um, but I you know I was like I, I really don't want to do it. You know, it's this soon. Like literally, our last show was just like two years ago. Yeah. Um, and I have all this other ether shit going on, so it's just unnecessary. I mean, I would have done it if it was for a good cause. I mean, it was for a good cause, I should say. And I, I want to do it only for that. That would be the only reason. But I think our drummer couldn't take the time off. Um, but yeah, for like benefit stuff, like who who the fuck am I to say? Yeah, no, my shitty band doesn't want to play your benefit show. Um, you know, especially if it's like a friend that's, that's asking, um, you know, something cool like that. But it's like, hey, do you want to come play this random show in this random city um, with these random ass bands? Like, it's like, no, nah, I fucking definitely don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, you do like a mosh p- for pause or something. Like, that's still going. Yeah, that was it? that Jersey show I was talking about. That ah, was fucking yep. nuts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a sick cause too. And like Bishop, yeah, um, Bishop always like flew under the radar with people, which was really strange. Because like we would play, we would get billed like super early on certain shows. And people would fucking lose their mind and beat the shit out of each other. And just like, it was insane. And there'd be like fucking wild pylons and stuff and a million people singing along. And then like bands would play after us and they, you know, people wouldn't really be, like care that much for those bands or, you know, not have a, as good of a reaction. Like we played this fucking show. We played this edge day show um, in Atlanta and until the end got asked to play and foundation was headlining Foundation had the best reaction because they're, you know, they're fucking from Atlanta and they're amazing or they were amazing. And, um, you know, they were headlining and rightfully so. They're fucking a solid fucking band. Um, and then Bishop played early as fuck in the day. And people that we, I think we had the second best set of the show. Like we had a better set than until the end. We had a better set than a bunch of bands from there. And, um, it was just weird. I don't think that. And the only reason Bishop played was because I kind of like strong armed this on because he wanted to till the end play. And I was like, yeah, but Bishop has to play too. <laughs> and I think he reluctantly was like, yeah, okay, fine. Um, and we fucking killed it and sold shit and stuff. Just like, it's, it's just weird that we could play a bunch of old songs or, you know, because we weren't, we, we did, we had a, a nice little run, but like we weren't a very celebrated band. But people somehow, like our tours when we first started were like fucking insane. And, um, yeah, there was, it was just a wild time, man. Like, you know, it's just weird that people wouldn't know who we were, but, like, kids would come out and, like, kids would do who we were, and the responses we would get would be fucking insane and completely, like, like we went to Europe for, like, the first time we were in Europe, and it was easily, hands down, to this day, the best tour I've ever done in my entire life. Because every single show was fucking insane. And, like, for, for, for what reason? Like, we'd never been there. Our record... Our records weren't even that great. Like, it is, you know, it just happened. One of those right time, right place things. Like, we did that Australian tour, and that was fucking nutty. Like, we did Japan right before that. That was cool. It wasn't, it wasn't as wild as Australia, but, um, like, Japan's a little different, but it was still fucking wild that my stupid fucking hardcore band could just go to Australia and Japan. Like, that's wild. A part of it, and I would never expect that in a million years. Part of it in Australia is that we we have a really solid hardcore following and kids will just sit and wait and the moment you touch on the shore, they'll come out and they've been waiting fucking years for this and they'll just let loose. The shows can get really fucking wild. 
The turnouts can be really yeah. good. Um, and I, I was stoked. I got to see it. Um, and then, of course, cool, man. it was Fuck like, yeah. for me, it was like, why the fuck didn't I already know? Especially because I already was into remembering never. But um, I think maybe part of it, maybe with Bishop was, could it have been the name change? Could that have been part of the reason people didn't know? Because it went from X Bishop X to just Bishop. Could that have been a thing? Oh, no. I mean, the Texas were, you know, the only reason it was there to begin with um, was because there was a band called Bishop that, like, sent us, like, a thing that, like, a cease and desist or something. Yeah. It was like, fuck it, we'll just put X's on there. And that's the only reason we had X's. Um, and then, not like it was an intentional thing to take, to leave them off on the last record. Um, but, we, you know, it was just one of those things. Like, it was never, like, part of our name, per se, you know. Um, now, you mentioned how, you know, Bishop kind of finished and it did what it did. Um, but now um, you got another baby going that is completely different to all the others. Um, now it was Ether, and it's now Ether Cohen. Uh, first question Ether is Coven, yeah. Ether Coven. Sorry. So what's why the switch? Because you did two albums under the name Ether or two releases. Sorry. So why the switch yeah. up? Um, I think because you could, if you search on Spotify for Ether, like fucking fifty things show up. <laughs> so we're like, okay, this sucks. Like, it, and trying to find us online is a nightmare because you got the Nas song that comes up, and then a bunch of like techno bands or groups or whatever. Um, and like that's pretty much it. Like it's, it was so hard to find us. Now if you type in Ether Coven, boom, first thing you pull up is us. That's the only thing that exists that says Ether Coven. So it was much, and it was. Like we maintained the same logo, basically just added coming at the bottom. Yeah, so it worked out really well. Um, yeah. Now, was was the goal to intentionally play some really, basically a lot different different tempo? It's a lot slower. There's some really long songs in there, um, and stylistically, it's very far removed from what maybe a lot of fans would know that you do. Was that an intentional yeah. outlet? Because I know you you're a fan of all music, um, but did, was this what you aimed to achieve at the offset or did it just naturally happen? Yeah. I mean, um, when RN did a, a small tour and we brought our friends out, actually the original singer of RN's new band at the time, called my men. And, um, you know, we brought their, them, them out for, I think it was like a week or eight, seven days, six days or five days. I don't know. Some, some like not long time, but they came out with us and then, I rode with them from like Philly to somewhere, I don't remember. And uh, me and the guitar player, who I, you know, I'd known from just going to their shows and stuff and, you know, talking to them. Um, and we were just geeking out on like New Orleans bands, like I Hate God, Crowbar, Acid Bath, fucking COC, not their, their North Carolina band, but Peppers from New Orleans. Um, and like bands like Neurosis and just like really heavy, like ignorant shit. And we're just like, yeah, we should totally start a band like this. And I was like, I haven't played guitar in a million years, but fuck it. Let's do it. You know? <laughs> um, and then we, you know, uh, so me and the guitar player from my Men's started this band called ether. And then we had Danny, or no, we had my roommate at the time, John Morton, who used to play for a band called will to die. He was our original drummer for the first two or three practices. And then he was like, man, this is too slow for me. I don't want to play this anymore. And I was like, all right, cool. So then we got Danny from memory never. Um, and then he wrote pretty much the first two records. And then, um, 
we started touring and we had to get the fill-in drummer and then our fill-in drummer turned into our permanent drummer and then we recorded a third record. Uh, but yeah, it was very intentional to play slow, heavy, you know, real like uh, atmospheric type, you know, real ignorant shit. It's really fucking heavy. Like that, that, that style yeah. of music just lends to being obnoxiously heavy. Like you can't avoid it. Yeah. Like it's, um, yeah, of course. It's sludgy, doomy, like, oh, it, 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 do you think it's something that fans have come in from previous projects and got into? Like, what's it like for you guys playing shows? I know you play shows here and there. Are you getting a decent turnout or is it just something that it's too hard to tell? I mean, what's it like for Ether Coven uh, performance-wise with turnouts? Uh, it kind of depends where we play. Um, like we'll play here, like down south, uh, in South Florida, and it's pretty wild. Like we just played a, uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was awesome. The whole bar was packed, and it was a friend's bar, and we were playing with friends' bands, and um, yeah, it was wild. Um, we could play like uh, the Tampa area, like different cities in Florida, like Jacksonville and Gainesville, and, and have a pretty pretty decently packed house. It's nothing like you know RN shows with fucking six hundred people or whatever, but um. You know, we're still a small band, and we don't necessarily rest on, you know, saying men, members of this band and that band, because mm. um, it's a totally different style altogether, totally different vibe. Um, so it kind of depends. Like, depends on, we, we toured the States, you know, more than a handful of times, um, mostly East Coast and Midwest stuff, and certain cities will bring a pretty good grip of people. Some places, like Texas, nah, man, Texas hates us. Um, <laughs> why like, I don't know it's literally like the last time we played there there was no there were like no promoters like someone took the shows on but they didn't promote the shows they didn't make flyers they didn't have any local bands it was like why would you even waste your time like I get it but like this doesn't even make sense um, but uh, like Louisville we'll play Louisville and it's fucking insane like there's like a, this thing called Metal Monday and it's my favorite show of all tour to play because people just show the fuck out and the whole bar from fucking front to back is packed with people that are just there to listen to metal and be super fucking amped and drink beers and shit. But like, you know, there's like, they want to be there for this thing. We can play on a Tuesday and it's the same kind of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, Louisville's been really good to us. Like, you know, New York city has been good to us. Um, you know, a bunch of different places. It kind of depends. Uh, but we're still, you know, doing everything mostly on our own. Um, we got signed by Century Media last mm-hmm. year, and um, we have a record coming out at the end of this year, so we're hoping they really push it so that we can, you know, have a better tour turnout for the most part, you know. How did you get the link up with Century Media? And, you know, for everyone listening, the release is called Everything is Temporary Except Suffering. Um, how did the link up come about and did it take a bit of convincing for them to sign you? Because I don't think they have a lot of bands of this style on the label. It doesn't really sound like a central media staple, you know, long songs, really heavy, really sludgy groove. How'd it come about? Yeah. I think the only band they have that's kind of like this is Swallow the Sun. Oh yeah. uh, Last year, no earlier this year and they're fucking phenomenal. Um, but, um, and they used to have I, God, 
And I think they used to have a couple bands here and there, but generally speaking, I think we're the only band that's like this per se. Um, it's kind of a long story, so I'll try to follow. Okay. Um, so the old, our old bass player, a dear friend of ours, um, who just needed to take some time to work on some of his own things. Um, somehow he had a, his aunt had a, was friends with the guy who, no, sorry, was friends with a lady who was cousins with the dude that signed Metallica. Okay. So this sounds really wild. Yeah. So his name's Michael Olaco. There's like a Netflix special about him. And he's writing his own book right now, or he, it's already written. It's coming out sometime this year. Um, with things like Lago, he like signed like Metallica and like White Zombie, and like worked on like Nina Simone records and Sidney Lauper, and like all this real wild shit. Somehow he got like, and he I guess he gets CDs all the time. People just like, oh, check out my son's band, or check out this or that. But somehow he landed with our CD, and um, listened to it. I guess eventually after you know months of getting it or something. And like fucking like lost his mind and like fell in love with it and contacted us and said, Hey, I really want to work with you guys and trying to get you guys signed. And, you know, I'm, I love this record and I really think, you know, I believe in this band and I really think you guys have something special here. And just like, you know, guess this up pretty good, you know what I mean? Um, and it's real weird. Like, it was like, holy shit, like the guy that fucking arguably changed the face of metal music in some, in some weird way, like, you know, thinks that we're cool. So we're like, fuck it, let's, you know, see what happens. And, um, he shopped it out to a few different labels and Century Media was uh, the most uh, responsive, I guess. And um, Mike Gitter, who was the A&R there, who um, signed us, said, I guess told him that we remind him of a cross between typo negative, Mastodon, and Tragedy. Ooh. And I was like, all right, I don't think that's a thing, but I'll take it because all those bands <laughs> are sick, so fuck it. Um so yeah, that's it. Like they um they remastered the record that we put out ourselves just through Spotify, and then I think we're gonna end up pressing it ourselves uh, later on down the road. And then um, we recorded with Eric Rutan, who plays in Hate Eternal, and uh, now he plays in Cannibal Corpse, filling in. Um, and he's being more angel, and it was a fucking crazy experience. And um, yeah, it's just kind of weird and wild. And we're just playing the waiting game until this thing comes out. It's an interesting choice. You know, you didn't have to necessarily sign to a label because the industry is a whole different ball game nowadays. Were were you ever thinking of, you know, not bothering with a label and just self-releasing it? Or do you, do you think labels still have an impact and it's kind of essential to really broaden your audience? Uh, it kind of depends. Like, if you... if where we were, there was really no, cause we were, I was booking all of our tours and, um, I was kind of doing everything and, you know, we were putting out our own records and, and that's all well and good, but, um, there's only so far you can take it on your own. Mm. Uh, if you're a band that's already on a label and already got big, you can go the opposite direction and just put out your records yourself because people will buy them because you already have that, like that fan base is already in place and, you know, but we literally took the band as far as we could take it without any kind of um, label help or anything. And, you know, so we're just like, fuck it. You know, it, it's, it's definitely a strange thing to kind of let someone in on your world, especially something that, something that's that special and mm-hmm. letting someone else come in and, 
you know, do anything with it really. Like they don't really have, they don't have any con- creative control or anything. So the record we made is the record we made that we wanted to make exactly how we wanted it, basically with the help of Eric Rutan, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's just weird to have someone else putting their hands in kind of how you operate. Cause I've, I'm so used to doing everything ourselves and just, you know, going to the plant, like, like paying for the recording ourselves and, going to the, you know, record and then sending it to the plant so we get pressed and going to the plant to pick up our records and then bringing them home and then assembling them all ourselves and doing, like, mailing them out ourselves, like, doing all this stuff, like, booking our own tours and fucking, you know, getting different connects here and there and doing what we have to do. And then now having someone else in there that's, you know, paying a studio that we're going to and then we'll eventually put out the record. And we're not going to have any say in, like, as far as, um, packaging, not packaging, but like literally like going to the post office and delivering, like mailing this shit out. Um, so it's just weird to have someone else like, you know, meddling in our little world. But I mean, really, we can't really, we're the, we were done as far as um, making any kind of furthered impact without any kind of help like that. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we couldn't get like a booking agent, we couldn't get on any kind of tours. So Almost every tour we've done, it's been by ourselves or with a band that like didn't was about where we were anyway. Mm. So, yeah. So, well, I mean, it, it's kind of it. It leads me to kind of a, one of my last few questions: is where do you, as an artist who's been in the game for a while? Um, I'm not saying you're old. Well, I kind of am saying you're old. Um, is you I'm know. old as fuck. <laughs> you, you've been I in... feel it more than I look it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I look old as fuck, so you know, I, I feel like shit on the inside. So you, you've been in the game and you've seen, you know, from tapes to CDs to now like a rebirth in vinyl, but there's also this whole thing of streaming and downloading. As an artist, what, how do you feel about the industry? Do you feel like kind of it's uh, powers in your hands or do you think we're at a stage where we're not really sure what's going on and we're kind of a bit lost and confused? Um, I think it's a little bit of both, honestly. Um, Cause I think where before we could sell, you know, we could sell a hundred records on a tour. We could sell a hundred CDs on a tour. Um, and now we're selling, you know, selling a handful a night on a really good night. But keep in mind, like our tour, our tours, don't pull in that many people because we're a super small band. Um, but I mean, so with that, with the analog versus the digital world, you have to remember you're making way more money on a physical media of some sort, but you're reaching a lot more people digitally. Mm-hmm. So whereas someone before, if they didn't live anywhere near you, just like, Oh, I'll check this band out. They'd have to somehow order your record through a mail order of some sort. Now they can just go on their phone and type in the name of your band and boom, every one of your records pops up and they can listen to all of them right there. So, um, you know, people where people were reluctant to like order something or, you know, whatever it was now that they, you know, they can just literally just fucking type it in and then you're there, everything about your band's on there. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it definitely makes it, it makes it oversaturated. Mm. because you can do that with every band. Like there's so many fucking bands out now and you know, every year that goes by more bands pop up. So it, it's always been like that. It's always grown. Uh, but now it's it, because everything's so easily accessible. 
uh, and so many records come out so often, so hard to stay up on top of the new releases that come out. There's so many records that like I'm like six months behind just because like I forgot they came out, or there's a bunch of other records that came out, or I'll listen to one time and then forgot it exists because something else caught my attention. So there's just so many things that come out now that it becomes you know a little disheartening because uh, I would like to stay up on more things, but there's just you know there's like I said there's so many fucking records that come out all the time now, whereas before like you know records can only come out certain times of the year, especially like hardcore metal records. And um, you'd make sure not to have it come out on the same date as another record. Now it's just kind of like, all right, fuck it. Here we go. Here's all the records. Take them all. <laughs> and, you know, I'll, in my old age, I definitely listen to more diverse, uh, even more eclectic taste than I did back then. Um, so now it's just, you know, I just got to play catch up all the time now. It is. It, I, I do agree with the saturation. It can be a bit worrying, especially for an artist when they release something whether it's an EP, album, single, whatever it is, that it might get lost in the shuffle. So the groundwork... Oh, I'm more talking about from a listening point of view. Oh. Like I'm an avid music listener <laughs> and I love you know new stuff that comes out, but like there's just so much of it. So, But yeah, definitely being on the other side, being an artist, an artiste, if you will. Artiste. Um, you know, it, it's definitely, you know, you got to like strategically make something come out when you want it to come out and, you know, purposefully, I should say. So now, yeah, it's kind of tough. The last kind of thing I've got before we wrap up is um, you've always, with your music, uh, made a point of having a message to it, and you still do now in your new stuff on the political side of things. Do you think um, kind of music is still making an impact nowadays, or do you think we're just going through, like you've said at the start, we go through phases um, and do you think maybe right now is not the phase? Because I think right now we should be having more bands coming out speaking about the world we're currently living in. Yeah, I mean, it kind of, it, I think, huh, that's a tough one. I think that no matter what, there's always going to be an under, an more underground scene that still carries a very political message. Mm. I think the stuff that rises to the top as far as in this type of music that that stuff's going to be pretty shallow and you're not going to have a lot of convictions and a lot of political statements. But again, that comes down to like selling records and stuff. Um, a band like stick to your guns. Um, they're at that top tier right now, or at least an upper tier and they have a lot of political messages. So that's fucking awesome. Um, but there's a lot of like, uh, underlying bands that, that kind of skate the underground, like ultra underground underground, um, that are very outspoken bands like hers and, mm. um, you know, just a shit ton of bands. And, um, so no matter what, there's always been an undercurrent that just kind of rolls no matter what. I think now it's becoming more acceptable because the, you know, the climate of, you know, the world is that things are people are becoming more politically aware of everything. Um, so I think now it's it's easier to like people are easier easier to digest things now, whereas you know fucking 15 years ago people would get offended about everything because of oh I can't listen to a song about veganism because I'm not vegan and I don't want to hear about this, you know, or I don't want to hear about religion and how religion sucks because I'm I'm kind of Christian, you know. Um, so now I think people have more open minds 
about a lot of things. And, um, you know, so I definitely think that it's becoming easier to do now. Um, but I, I w- obviously I would definitely like to see more people being outspoken about things that actually matter instead of, you know, whatever's going to sell a record. Yeah. And feeling like I get it. Feelings are important, man. Feelings are definitely important. I have songs about feelings. You have to make time for those things as well as make time for, you know, speaking out about different injustices or, you know, whatever it is that you think someone could benefit from and to make themselves a better person. So uh, it's kind of tough. Yeah. And then you balance in there. You got to find it. You got to figure it out. It's for everybody to figure out themselves. You then look at the other side of that though, which is, I think it's ridiculous is, People nowadays, though, aren't up for a discussion about things. You see social media, it turns into an argument instead of a discussion of opinions and a discussion of topics where both sides listen to each other and have a rational conversation. can be heated, yes, but nowadays on social media they won't listen. They'll just say, no, nah, fuck you, I don't, I don't like your whatever you've got to say, and then whatever. It, nowadays, it feels like it's just out of control. No, I think a lot of people won't listen to the other side or listen to what someone's got to say. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be, there's always going to be people that are super reactionary. Um, but then, inversely, there's also going to be people that refuse to listen to people that, uh, I don't know how to say this, really. Um, people that are on the right-leaning, uh, right-leaning persuasive, I don't know. Um, the people that lean, like, band, if bands are ever to, like, you know, like a one-life crew type thing, like, no one's going to listen to some shit like that, and rightfully so, because it's very uh, intolerant of a lot of oppressed groups. Um, so people aren't going to want to listen to some shit that leans right, ever. I would hope, at least, especially in a punk rock community. But you want to listen to Christian Radio, man? Definitely go for it. Listen to fucking whatever real weird, wacky shit you could possibly think of. But don't, like, you know, don't try to be a part of a hardcore scene or a punk scene and try to promote your weirdly oppressive ideals and your old world values about religion or immigration or whatever it may be. Like, keep that shit on Fox News. Like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, are you are you becoming wise, Pete, in your older age, or are you still mean, Pete? I don't know, man. I'm just kind of burnt the fuck out, Pete. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> tired, I'm tired Pete. and want to take a nap, <laughs> and I know how, I never have time to take naps. <laughs> so in my old age, literally, I fucking play guitar. I go to work, play guitar, hang out with animals, and fucking that's it. Like try to eat vegan treats as much as possible. Uh, all about so, the animals. I've I do. gained a couple of pounds, and yeah. I see. Of course, of what's course. what's going on with your dog? Just quickly. Uh, what the uh, the one I post on Instagram about yeah. all the time? <laughs> um, she just came down with she's fifteen or sixteen, so pit bulls don't have like any issues typically, except for skin issues until like the later years of their life. Mm. And we have made it to the later years of her life, and um, so she came down with Cushing's and arthritis at the same time. Mm. But uh, we've been on some medication, so we've been handling it really well, and she's bounced back really well um, in the last like two months or so. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, there was a time when she just wouldn't walk; she just wouldn't go anywhere. She's like, "Fuck this, uh, mm. I'm not moving." And now she's like getting up, she's like running a little bit, and like 
you know, for a 15, 16 year old dog, that's pretty fucking good. Um, you know, and she's both my dogs have been vegan for the last like seven years and, um, they're, uh, killing it. You know what I mean? No pun intended. No, um, well, I mean, I'm a bit worried but, uh, about how oldest one is. How old is he now? He's got to be 13 or 14. He's starting to, you know, he's, his knees and hips are sore and he's getting to the age where he doesn't want to go outside to shit and piss. He just leaves a shit and piss in the laundry um, for me to get in the morning. Um, so, so he's being really nice, but our other two are, you know, standard food. Food's all they really care about and sleeping. So they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, now, That's Pete, a good life right there, man. It's the ideal life. If only we could all have that life. Um, yeah. Now, the last thing I do is I wrap things up with kind of a quick fire section. Um, it's called Pick Your Poison. Now, what we, what we do here is I give you two options, and you pick your favorite of the two. Now, you don't have to justify your answer, um, but if uh, there's something in you like you want to give a reason why you'd pick it, more than welcome to uh, say that as well. So, Wonderful. we start things off. Vegan options, of course. Would you rather a pizza or a burger? Or what? Pizza or a burger? Oh, pizza. All day. Would you prefer to have a coffee or a tea? Oh, shit, that's tough, man. Is it boba tea? Or is it just like, I don't know, fuck. This is a tough one. I'm going to say tea if it's iced. Whatever's, whatever's cold. If the only option's cold, I'm taking whatever that cold option is. <laughs> Do you prefer smooth peanut butter or crunchy? Crunchy. Okay. Do you prefer to cook at home or dine out? Oh, shit, that depends, man. I mean, yeah, I want to not have to do anything, but I'm also trying to know exactly what's in my food and, you know, whatever. So, I don't know, it's tough. That, yeah, both of them, but at different times. It kind of depends. Okay. Um, do you prefer the beach or the snow? Snow. Okay. Oh. Um, I already know the next one. Uh, cat or dog person? Definitely dogs. Okay. I mean, cats are sick too, but, you know, dogs are sick. The sickest. Um, Terminator or Predator? Oh, fuck, man. Come on. Not any, right, I never said that over everything. But Predator probably is a character. Or, you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't like the recent Predator, the most recent one. That was, ugh. Oh, I thought that one was really good, actually. I didn't, I was, I, I think mean, I, I was expecting something that I didn't I get. I don't think I've ever seen a Predator movie I didn't like, actually. Ooh. Okay, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Did you see, did you see The Predators? Yeah. I still haven't seen that one. I think that's, I think that's the, that's the newest one, I think. No, it was the one with Adrian Brody, that one. Oh, I'm not sure. Fuck, I don't know. I don't know, there's so but, many. But, um, yeah, whatever the last one I saw was really good. With the spaceship that and the kids like you know it has the remote and they, I don't know, but that shit was awesome. Um, Rambo or Rocky? Oh fuck! <laughs> All right, now you're getting into these wild ass weird questions. <laughs> I'm gonna say Rocky only because I've seen all of those movies several times, and like I wish I was Mike Tyson sometimes without the problematic shit. All right, keep going. <laughs> um, Star Wars or Star Trek? Okay. Uh, this one confuses people sometimes. Um, MacGyver or Walker, Texas Ranger? 
fucking neither of those, please. <laughs> <laughs> or if anything, maybe MacGyver only because fuck Chuck Norris. Um, South Park or Simpsons? Simpsons. Slayer or Pantera? Oh, come on, man. I never said they were going to be easy. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to have, as rap metal as it sounds, I'm probably going to pick Pantera, even mm-hmm. though it's fucking Slayer, dude. Like, what do you do? Yeah. It's... Yeah, I'm going to go Pantera just because Barbie Undriven and The Great Southern Trend Kill are, you know, but fuck, South of Heaven and fucking Divine Intervention are two of my favorite records. I don't know, dude, whatever. Um, so now I'm like stressed out now. Yeah, you're like, oh, this is going to ruin my evening. Um, yeah. Metallica or Megadeth? That's another one, Mike. Megadeth, I'm going to say Metallica, even though like I hate Kill 'Em All and I hate everything after the Black Album up until Death Magnetic. Mm-hmm. And then I hated that last one. And then Megadeth had a good, solid, like, run of their early records and then of, of their like super late records mm-hmm. but like Megadeth as a whole isn't nearly as good as Metallica and Justice for All uh, or Master of Puppets so I don't know I'm going to say Metallica uh, NWA or Wu-Tang oh Wu-Tang all day uh, Tupac or Biggie Tupac uh, Converge or Dillinger Escape Plan Converge Easy. Jane Doe shits on almost every record that ever existed in the world. Yeah, so. it, it still sounds as good as it did when it first came out. It's insane. Yeah, um, of course. Of course. Crowbar or I Hate God? Crowbar. Oh, that, that was, was easy. That I, was if, quick. If crowbar or anything else, it's going to Crowbar. Um, Marilyn Manson or Rob Zombie? Marilyn Manson. Oh, fuck. That's a tough one because I, mean, I was never really a big Rob Zombie fan. He's vegan, so that's sick. Um, and, like, the first two Marilyn Manson full-lengths were insane. And everything else after that, I just didn't give a fuck about. But, anyway, keep going. Um, Madball or Agnostic Front? Madball. Okay. Sick of it all or H2O? Oh, uh, I'm probably going to go sick of it all. Just because when I was in high school, that was, the Scratch the Surface was a fucking huge record for me. And the one after that. Um, and H2O, the first two records were awesome. I mean, they're all awesome, but the first two are really great for me. But anyway, keep going. Anthrax or Testament? Anthrax. Ooh, that was an easy one. Um, now, Motley Crue or Van Halen? Motley Crue. Okay. Uh, we've got a couple left. Uh, when you're playing, um, I don't think you'd get, you might get some of these nowadays. Would you prefer stage dives or mic grabs? Stage dives. Now, are you a fan of mic grabs? Because I know some people say that they don't mind it, but they give the mic out and then they don't even sing the words. They just kind of make a noise. Um, it kind of depends. It kind of it all depends on the show, really. Um, now, if you go to a show, do you prefer to watch it from the center of the pit or up the back near the sound booth? Um, I don't know, honestly. In my old age, I try to see it from the front. When I was younger, I used to watch shows from the stage because I, you know, I just go over where I wanted. Um, and now, um, I think because you can hear everything better and you can see it the way it's supposed to be seen from the front, like from seeing it like head on. So I think I just like seeing it head on, honestly. Mm. Would you prefer to tour for the rest of your life or record for the rest of your life? That's a good question, man. That's tough. I don't know. I think maybe fuck. 
I don't know, probably chores just because I really like seeing new places and new people and seeing old friends and, you know, unless I could record in different places everywhere. So Ooh. that would basically be like touring. Ooh. So I don't know. That was actually possibly, you just broke that, that question with that one. Possibly. Um, last one. Do you prefer to own an album on CD, vinyl, or streamed? Definitely not streamed. I would probably say vinyl. Usually they come with a download code and I have an iPod because there's so much shit that I listen to that's not on iTunes or not uh, on uh, Spotify. Spotify. Because mm. you're never going to find like the giant records on Spotify or even like the older Brave Young records. And, you know, there's just a bunch of stuff that I'm trying to listen to that isn't on Spotify. So um, I'm probably say vinyl, maybe CD. I oh. like both. I love the fact you still got an iPod. So do I. I don't think many people do. It's crazy. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. I mean, cause, you know, if you're like, oh, you have an iPod, that's so silly. Ha, ha, ha. And it's like, dog, I have like the first like whole CD on here and like all kinds of stuff that just never would will ever be on Spotify, ever. It's the way like, I can't go. think. I was just talking to somebody. But like Coffin Dancer, I don't think, I'm just throwing out names. But like I think I don't think Coffin Dancers on Spotify. It might, actually no fuck maybe it might be. I don't remember. But either way, I just have a bunch of stuff and I'll check and I'll be like, oh, I guess I have to look at my iPod for this. But then there's some stuff that's on Spotify that isn't even on CD, like every Rick James record and like every Waylon Jennings record. None, most of which aren't even on CD, so you couldn't even put them on an iPod. Um. So yeah, it kind of you got you got to take the good with the bad, I guess. Yeah. That was a perfect answer. Um, Pete, you're a dead set legend. Um, really um, means a lot. And, um, yeah, I can't kind of express my gratitude for you taking time out for me, man. It uh, meant a lot to oh, me. Oh, stop it. Um, and it, it's another thing to tick off my list. Um, you know, I've got a list and ticked it off, and I can say now I can look at my CD collection and say, I had fucking mean Pete on the show. Like, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so. sweet, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, you're an absolute legend. And um, maybe one day we'll see Ether down here. Never know. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, when's the actual album come out? Because it just says December. When's the actual... Do we have a, a date yet? It should be December 13th. Okay, December 13th. should be. I'm just writing that down. Yeah. Yeah. And, when, and yeah. that means you'll probably announce pre-orders... Won't you? Are you going to do physicals? Um, I actually have to call the artist because hopefully he just finished the cover um, of the record. So I got to call him back. He literally just called me. Um, so we're waiting on that really before I can before we can like pull any triggers anywhere. Um, and as soon as we have that in, then we can kind of start announcing things. Um, so I'm hoping he gives the good news. But we'll see. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> the same dude that did uh, Integrity Seasons and Size of Days. That guy that did that artwork. Ooh. So, Stephen Kessler. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, Real wild shit. I haven't even seen, he's working on the cover. He's working on the, the art for like weeks and weeks. I haven't seen anything. So, Ooh. we'll see what happens. Um, excited. I'm excited to see it um, yeah, and hear it. And, um, and thanks again, man. I really, really appreciate it. Hey. No problem at all, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. I'll speak to you soon. I'm in. Take care. All right, later. Bye.
So that was my chat with Pete from Remembering Never, Bishop and Ether Coven. At the end there, you heard the track by Remembering Never called Incisions, which is from their album Women and Children Die First. The second track you heard there is from Bishop. That song's called Bishop Basically Owns Your Face. That's from the album Suicide Party. And the last track we heard there is from Ether Coven. That's the track Fleas of a Rat. And that's from their album There Is Nothing Left For Me Here. This is the part of the show where I spark that bit of interest, that bit of excitement into you to delve into the big discography of the guest we've just had on. Pete, as you heard in that chat, has been in a lot of bands and he has some immense fucking talent. Make sure when you've got some time this week, delve into Remembering Never, give Bishop a go, but without a doubt also give Ether Coven a go. This band are really exciting for me. It's something different than I'd normally listen to, but I'm absolutely loving everything I'm hearing. Of course, as you heard in the chat, make sure you keep your ears and eyes close to the ground and on our social medias because Ether Coven will be releasing a new album at the end of this year. Also, support Pete and the bands he's in with some streaming, some downloading, whatever it is you do to support bands. If you are into purchasing physical copies, get onto eBay, get online, find some vinyl, find some CDs. And if you are in America or you're somewhere near where one of his bands may be performing, which most likely will be Ether Coven, get out, buy a ticket, support Pete and the guys. Also got to take this moment again to thank Pete. Thank you so much, dude. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. Fucking stoked we got to have a chat. Means the world. Thank you again. And that's it. That's the Mosh Zone, episode 84, done, dusted, all wrapped up, locked away for this week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that We need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget, you can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.